Greetings. We made it to episode 69 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. And today I have fellow TikToker Elisa Wismer of Hello Doodle on the podcast. I have fallen in love with Elisa's work and I think you will too. So definitely check her out at Hello Doodle on all the socials. And in this conversation, we talk about developing your unique design style, evolving your offerings, approaching TikTok with your niche in mind. And this is a great episode for someone who has that creative illustrative ability like Elisa. She is such an inspiration. I think you guys are going to dig it. Enjoy the episode. Kiss my aesthetic. Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag-worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice, so enjoy the episode. I'm going to be a speaker again. I can officially announce that I will be a speaker at the Designer Boss Summit 4.0. This is my fourth time presenting as part of the summit. It is a totally free digital conference devoted to helping creative entrepreneurs work smarter, not harder in their design business. Right now, there are 20 plus amazing speakers coming at you from all over the globe, which is crazy exciting, and topics ranging from making sales to charging premium prices to simplifying your own schedule and everything in between. I'd consider myself the in-between. My presentation this go-around is all about motion graphics, specifically animated GIFs and how they can take your brand from basic to bragworthy. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, this summit is a no-brainer. You can go to mkwcreative.co slash links. That's mkwcreative.co slash links and click right through to get your free ticket. It is 100% free. The summit is happening April 20th through 22nd. It is all online. You can tune in from wherever you are and please let me know on social if you happen to snag your ticket. I can't wait to see you guys there. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm super excited to have fellow TikToker and designer, friend through the internet, really, Elisa Wismer on the podcast today. Hi, Elisa. Hi, how are you? We are good. We're good. It's uh, a Monday, which I usually don't record on Mondays. I'm usually a Friday kind of gal, um, but we're going to let the people know who you are, what you do. Can you give us a little background as to who you are, both online and off, I guess? Sure. My name is Lisa Wismer. I'm from like the suburbs outside of Philadelphia. Um, so a quick train ride away into the city. Um, I went to school in this city, so I associate myself with Philadelphia, although I am from outside. Anywho, um, I went to design school, did the whole art school, you know, classes here, there, and um, ultimately decided to go into design. It's the last profession I ever said I would do. Like, I did not want to be a designer. I thought it was boring or or stupid or something, Um, but here I am. So, um, yeah, so I've been freelancing ever since I graduated doing projects here and there. And it kind of happened naturally, just people asking for help with this or that or starting their their logo or, you know, whatever it is. And then I also have another business on the side where I sell greeting cards and stationery and prints. So service-based and product-based. I have plenty to keep myself busy with. (laughs) No kidding. So tell us the very first year you started your business was when you said you did, you kind of fell into it after school. Um, But what was, what do you consider year one? Uh, Gosh, 2015. 
Okay. So we started around the same time because I'm 2014. Okay, so yeah, nice. we're, I'm right there with you. And I um, also, I didn't know I wanted to be a designer. I just knew I didn't want to be in an office all day. <laughs> Did you have that feeling as well when you graduated? Yeah. Which is funny because that's where I am now. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But, right. But you know, it's, it's different than a typical office setting, I guess you could say. Totally. Totally. The other thing we like to do on the podcast, just to kind of get to know people is, uh, walk through everyone's offerings from free to bite size to bread and butter to VIP. So you said you've got the greeting card business as kind of, do they, does it run parallel to your freelance graphic design business or are they really two separate? Whoa. Hi, my dog. Are they two (laughs) separate offerings? Um, they used to be under one kind of I do design, I do cards and whatever. Um, that got hectic and crazy. So it's been nice to separate the two out and keep one very service, very client focused and the other very customer centric, just fun little gifts and, and stuff to share with your friends. So yeah, it's, Love that. it's pretty different on, on both sides of offerings, but very cool. So if someone who doesn't know your brand at all, like I said, is starting from the bottom mm-hmm. of your offerings all the way to the tippy top, can you walk us through what each of those are? Sure. So on, I guess I'll start with the design side. Sure. Um, anything from, I love to provide a lot of information to clients or, you know, business owners, fellow design, whatever it, it may be through, I have a blog on my website that I haven't utilize so it's full potential but I'm trying to um and just I feel like education is very important to fellow designers but also to clients um who don't know exactly what design is or the importance or how to even get started so I think that's my free little nugget of wisdom for everyone um and of course social media tiktok I try to share mistakes I've made or you know, things that I've learned along the way, um, that would hopefully (laughs) help others out. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of the basics. And then I do primarily branding and like brand strategy packages for anywhere from small businesses to mid-sized. Um, I haven't worked with any super large companies yet, but I love small businesses and I, it's where my, my heart lies. So that's, the branding side of things and then design it's pretty or the um stationary it's pretty much you know cards or the minimal level and stickers and then I have some like larger prints and books and things like that so it's a little all over the place but it's fun I think <laughs> what what really stood out to me and I connected with you through TikTok and when I found your account I was like this girl has a great sense of personal brand and personal, like how your style and your personality is so reflective in your work. Thank you. Like, I think that really stood out to me from the beginning. Did you always feel like it was that way or did it take you kind of a while to, you know, find your style? I think it's hard, at least on the logo design side, because you want to, you know, do the best opportunity or create the best work for the client that sometimes it's, I think beginning designers get really lost in trying to find their aesthetic. So how did you know you were kind of coming into your own with like, no, this is my quirky, unique, funky, illustrative style. Was that instantaneous or was it a slow burn? It was a very slow burn and I fought it for a very long time. I never, I mean, all throughout school and even after for a few years, I was like, you see all these other people like, oh, they have such a distinct style and like you see their work and you know who it is before you, you know, look at the caption or whatever. So I think I struggled with that for a really long time. 
And I thought to myself, like, I don't have a style or I need to develop one where, you know, for years, of course, you are developing it without realizing. So I think I just stopped fighting it and leaned more into my little, I use a lot of like line work, um, kind of doodly style. Um, my stationery company is called Hello Doodle. So I literally leaned into that side of, of, you know, what I, what I love to do is just these quick little witty off the cusp kind of illustrations that don't, you know, they don't seem full or completed in that sense, but it's just something that always worked. And I was like, well, here we go. Let's let's do it. It's so cute that you named it Hello Doodle because my mom is an interior designer. And when I just graduated college, we did a few like series of illustrations together that she could sell to her clients and we called it Doodleheads. Oh, that's cute. So it was Doodleheads because it's so fun. And we (laughs) had a golden doodle at the time. So it like made sense. It was Doodleheads. Um, But I think, I think you're Stuff has now, I can tell when it's yours, especially on a place like TikTok. Tell us your TikTok origin story. How did you end up on that platform and how did it transform your marketing? Because it definitely did for me. It's, I mean, I'm sure it's a similar story to everyone, but it was something where I was like, oh my God, I would never be seen on that platform. Or like, again, it's just these dancing teenagers with, you know, crop tops. And I was like, I can't, what am I doing? Um, Enter, you know, covid lockdown. And that entire week, I was just watching video after video. And I think it was actually a fellow friend of mine, uh, who is a wedding photographer. She had started to use it. And she was like, Oh, my God, I can't believe like the engagement I'm getting on this platform. And she's like getting inquiries from and I was like, you're getting wedding inquiries from TikTok, like the app that everyone like, I couldn't believe it. So Again, I was like, I'm not going to, whatever, it works for you. Um, But I think one day I just started posting. I I think I started with like a cup of coffee in the microwave or like, this is my day. And then I started posting my products for Hello Doodle, um, like prints and, you know, behind the scenes of how you make it to, I do a lot of like humorous design, like I call them like design problems, you know, just stuff that you can relate to as a designer. And it's crazy how some stuff just took off. And I was like, what is this app? So it was, uh, I guess, a a look at the draw at the beginning, but it's, it's been awesome. Totally. And how has that evolved from when you started with TikTok to now? Have you been getting clients from TikTok? I've got to imagine you are. A a few. Yeah. And every time I do, I'm like, really? Like you've, you've found the stuff uh-huh. on here. So it's, it's been a lot better than Instagram for me personally. Yeah. Tell us about that. What's, what's been your struggle with Instagram? It's just, I feel like you're just pounding out content all the time and, you know, maybe you might get 35 likes in a sea of 5,000 followers and you're like, what am I even doing? It just, it feels meaningless after a certain point, especially if you're not doing ads or Mm-hmm. I don't know. And Here's like, my prediction. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So I just had this revelation when I was getting my hair done last week. <laughs> I was explaining <laughs> it to my hairdresser because she, you know, she's like, oh, I should be posting on Instagram more. And I said, don't even bother. It's not worth the effort anymore. It's not yeah. what it once was. And we covered this on like episode 64. I interviewed Alex Beaton, who built her whole business around Instagram offerings and teaching people Instagram. And she's pivoted. She's like, we're not going down that road anymore. Like, 
it's the days of peak Instagram are probably behind us. And that's mm-hmm. kind of probably a good thing. Yeah. But my prediction is that Zuckerberg metaverse, I don't know how deep you are in all this stuff, but I love theorizing about it, yeah. <laughs> is that the way that we grew social communities and service-based business on Instagram Zuckerberg and Meta, and Meta, the parent company, knew that there was so much commerce happening that what they weren't getting a slice of. So by moving the whole platform towards this commerce where you can like shop product tags and Instagram is going to take 5% off the top or where you have to buy ads or it's only like a video platform and accounts without big reach aren't getting that community feeling anymore is kind of a way to force you more towards Metaverse. I think they're going to start rolling out metaverse in a way to create that social connection feeling that we used to have on Instagram. And that the first people that embrace metaverse as an extension of their brand and an extension of their personality are going to have that like meteoric rise that beginning TikTokers did or a 2014 DSLR camera fashion blogger did on Instagram. Like, I think if you fit the prototype of wanting to foster community, you're going to have a really great time on Metaverse. And I think that this is a very calculated move to get people to think of Instagram in a different way as a commerce platform and then think of as Metaverse as a place to like socially hang out with one another. What do you think about that? I'm still wrapping my head around all of these terms and I'm like, are the robots coming? Like they're coming, but like, (laughs) it's just this, these digital platforms, they're changing so quickly Mm -hmm. and you know, to be stuck in circa 2010 of Instagram, like, it's just, like you said, it's not working anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think just kind of rolling with the changes, like with TikTok coming in, like people have really embraced that for their businesses and they're seeing it grow. And, um, you know, just finding new avenues to customers and, you know, just people. So I'm super excited. So as a designer with one foot in the digital realm and one foot in the technology realm, are you a technology optimist or pessimist? Big picture. (sighs) I'm somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Tell us. Yeah. I, uh, I've always struggled from, you know, day one with technology and programs and like, how to use it. And just, I feel like I didn't really understand how to use Photoshop until probably two years ago as a professional designer. I still still don't touch Photoshop. There's so much. And I think just to keep an open mind, like whether you're a beginner or an expert, like just having an open mind, I feel like is so valuable, you know, whether or not you're using these platforms to their full ability, but just being open to trying a new thing or a new platform or putting your foot in the metaverse, I think is, is important. So trying to be optimistic. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe that's where I guess I'm so inspired by someone like yourself, because you do so much of the tactile and the drawing, like physical drawing. And I'm the opposite. I'm 100% in the computer from the second I think of the logo, I'm not sketching anything. And it's one of the most common questions I get when I go on Instagram live or share a TikTok is, why aren't you drawing first? Because in design school, they told us you have to draw first. And I didn't go to school for graphic design. I was a fine arts major. So my process has just become my process. And now I'm okay with it. But me in the beginning of my career would have never pulled back the curtain to show people that I'm not actually physically sketching out a logo before I take it to the computer. So I'm wondering if two things um, with your process, is it always the case that you're drawing first? And the second question is, What kind of questions are you getting consistently on your TikTok? Because I feel like we might be getting a lot of the same. Yeah, I, 
I think that's just my preference. And like, of course, we were taught in school, like, don't touch that computer mouse until your sketchbook is full of wonderful ideas, which is garbage. Like sometimes you do have a million sketches before you start to the computer. And sometimes you know what you want and you just jump right to it. So I personally don't believe that there is a right or wrong way. Um, And that's with (laughs) a lot of things. But I just, I feel like I think better when I can sketch the computer kind of, it puts up this like invisible wall of perfection. Like this has to be perfect for you to start working. That's just how I think. So I prefer That's to an kind interesting of, take though. I like yeah, that. To like word vomit with my pencil versus my computer. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Yeah. Do you um, find that on TikTok, you get a lot of the same questions in the comment section or wherever when on about your own work? Because this would be a great episode to just send them and be like, I answer it. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. That's like half the reason I have a podcast right. as well is because I was repeating myself so much. Mm-hmm. How did you start? How do you get clients? Um, how do you scale a team? All these things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to explain it once and send it to people. And then they can just listen to there you go. the whole explanation yeah. because it is a lot. I mean, especially once you start to get a lot of people asking a lot of things of you when there is so much information on the internet for free, it can get kind of exhausting though. Yeah. I think most of the questions that I personally get are relating to like the product side of things. Like where do you get this printed or how do you know, you know, how many Mm -hmm. to order of a certain thing, you know, and it's, it's frustrating because you as the person who has had to struggle and grasp and figure that out is like, I don't know. I literally Googled like, where to get cards printed in the USA, Mm -hmm. you know, something. So it's, it's hard because you just want to be like, Google it. But, you know, knowing how overwhelming it is at the beginning, like you genuinely do want to help because I'm like, I, you know, wasted so much time trying to figure out what to do or how to get it. Um, So it's like a, a fine balance of, you know, like an FAQ Yeah. Did you struggle your way through the mud in the beginning? Was it all trial and error or did you lean on like different online resources? I loved Facebook groups. Facebook groups Mm. were my jam. I learned so much, even what size logo files to export or questions I wouldn't even think to ask where I could go read a whole thread of a bunch of people's different answers was so valuable to me when I started because I, like I said, I didn't go to school for it. So I was just figuring it out on my own. Um, What are your favorite resources when you don't know the answer for something? I... I'm like a very introverted, like independent person. So I feel like I'm bothering people if I ask them for help or like, how did you get started? Like, I just tend not to. And I'm trying to lean more on others because they have Mm -hmm. valuable insight and trying to get better. But my top resource is honestly Google or like Mm -hmm. other designers' websites. Like I'll check out their blogs. I love reading other creatives blogs, you know, whether they're a designer or an animator or, or anything. I just feel like there's so much firsthand experience from them. Totally. But yeah, like you can literally Google anything. And I, I Google stuff on a regular basis for my job. Totally. How to add clipping mask. It's just, and you learn and you, you sound dumb for 30 seconds and then you're not. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt to Google. (laughs) My favorite thing to Google are like illustrator shortcuts. And then I make myself practice them, practice them, practice them until it becomes just second nature. And it's the thing that, yeah, you feel like an idiot where you're like, I don't know how to use this shortcut or even use half the tools in Illustrator. Can we just talk about how many tools there are? I've probably used like a 
like a 16th of them. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. So that the thing I've always struggled with is getting really accurate looking textures. That's just never been part of my, right. I'm so like, I think Connor tomatoes does a great job at this. There's so many designers, even Elliot does a great job. Like there's so many people that do such a good job with like rich, beautiful, juicy textures. And I just can't ever seem to get mine to look that way. But then again, maybe that's not even my style either. I think as an entrepreneur, sometimes it's tough because you want to emulate what you admire, but then maybe you're not supposed to be doing that in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. That, right? that was a huge part of my like design kind of finding your way. Um, is yeah, it, it's easy to find things that you're attracted to and you're like, oh, I, I want to create something like that. But of, of mm-hmm. course, if it's not, if you're not like super vector based and you do so, it's going to feel forced um, to a totally. degree. So totally. Until that. you start to learn and learn and learn. Are you like a, a learning tutorial junkie? I should be more of it okay. because there's things like you said with textures. I'm like, oh, I wish I could get better at textures or like, I wish I could get better at I don't know, like Photoshop filters. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I could watch a tutorial instead of complain that I don't know how Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do it. Mm -hmm. But I went on a whole bender with the Spark AR studio this weekend Mm -hmm. because I have this idea for a client. We just did her gifts. She's a boudoir wedding photographer and photography educator. And her whole brand is like very friendly and outgoing and just comfortable and warm and nice. And her her submark is her initials MA. But then for some of the supporting artwork, we flipped it to AM and made like a bunch of affirmations. I am this, I am that. And I'm dying to make one of those over the head filters that we've seen on TikTok that like shuffles Uh, through all of them. Yeah. So I said, I know that this is possible to make, (laughs) but I don't even know what to Google to make it. And so then I started just watching all the free tutorials on Spark Studio Mm -hmm. and I got like four hours in and I got nowhere. I was like, I don't know how to do anything. And I don't know how to search for what I'm looking for. Has yeah. that happened to you recently? Can you think of a time where you got really stuck on your research phase where you're like, oh, forget it. and just like walked away for a bit. It's normally when I'm looking for something in a specific style that I don't mm. know what the style is called. And okay. I can't even pull up an example because I literally don't know what these styles are called. Like, I'm trying to think. I don't know. See, I have an art history major, so I, I'm lucky for that. And I can pull at least art history terminology mm. or like eras. Yeah. Um, but if you ask me what bow arts were, I don't know that I would be able to tell you. I mm. just saw that phrase the other day and I was like, I need to Google that. But I think there are a lot of designers that have like really great specific styles, but I, I'm, I resonate with that too. It's like, yeah. I don't know how to call this thing that I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't like, have the uses, vocabulary. It uses a lot of bursts and like maybe a neon color and like a grainy gradient. Like it's just, you just pull these little <laughs> things. The from... little visual notes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by the number one Canva mock-up you're going to buy all year, which are my Canva editable social profile mock-ups. Building a bragworthy brand for your clients means showing them exactly how you envision their visuals scaling from platform to platform. So I've created nine realistic Canva templates that you can use as mock-ups in your brand design or social media presentation for things like social media pitches, marketing game plans, brand design, the best part, 
totally editable in Canva. We've got Instagram. We've got Facebook. We've got TikTok. We have LinkedIn, Pinterest. There's nine of them in here for a whopping $27, which means that they're only $3 per template. It's going to save you oodles of time. And it's going to be so professional and look so wonderful to your client to really give them the idea of how you see their brand coming to life. To take advantage of this, hit the link in today's show notes, or go ahead and search Canva mockups on mkwcreative.co. Search Canva mockups on mkwcreative.co. Good luck. Enjoy. Another question I get asked all the time on TikTok, which I think is just always fun to talk to creatives about, is where do you go for inspiration? Where are you finding the mm. things that then you don't know how to Google? <laughs> yeah, um, I I do use Pinterest a lot, um, whether mm. it's just browsing or you know pinning to my own personal boards. Um, I come across a lot of stuff there, but I love antique shops and like thrift yes. shops. So I spend a lot of time in there. I have a, a whole camera um roll album full of type or like weird packages or mugs just I don't know I'm I'm really inspired by old crap so I that's probably primarily where I get how would you how would you describe your style if you could Mm, I think it's it's whimsical with like a it's not like a like it's not fantastical yeah Yeah. it's not it's not full-blown Disney adult style yeah which is the style for sure oh for sure yeah it's tough but it's definitely like a a type of whimsical your work reminds me a lot of adam jk oh thank you you. adam jk is i do i love this stuff me too do you have other major design inspirations i had a design professor i really loved um she was my illustration professor lydia nichols i love love her work. It's, it's so fun. She literally puts faces on everything. Um, and I think it's the cutest thing. I yeah, love her work. I love, gosh, it's like you have all these inspirations. And then when someone asks you, you're like, um, what about your buddy Meg? Do you follow Meg? Oh yeah. She's the one with the crazy glasses. Yeah. She, yeah. She's like who my inner person wants to be right. like channel your, your Meg. Um, yes, she's hilarious. Yeah, she was the one of the keynote speakers for a virtual conference I was a part of. I okay. want to say last year or two years ago, the Designer Boss Summit, which I actually just submitted my presentation for this year. This will be my fourth year presenting. Nice. Um, but she had such a great talk about how leaning into her weirdness or her uniqueness became what she was known for, which then mm-hmm. opened the door for so many opportunities. Right? Like we talk about defining a niche or whatever, and. I had that moment because I think when I first started, the biggest compliment I could get was somebody would see my work and they go, oh my gosh, you did that. It's so good. Mm. <laughs> like as if yeah. I couldn't have made it. Like right. I was so happy that like I didn't put my name on it because I just wanted people to think it was better than it was yeah. because I started my business at 20. Like I had no business yeah. to have owning a graphic design business at all. <laughs> so if somebody saw something and they said, that's so yeah. good. I had no idea it was yours. I was like, yes, fooled them, got them. Um, But then I think kind of as you evolve and you grow and you start to define your style, for me, that came with like my rebrand. I was MKW Graphics. And then in 2019, I changed to MKW Creative Co. Be a little bit of a bigger umbrella. And that's when I really Mm -hmm. leaned into the color yellow. And although that's not a niche, it definitely... started to attract the right kind of people and repel Mm. the wrong kind of people. Like I can do minimalist monochrome branding. I don't want to. It doesn't mean I can't do it. But I think someone who's looking for that is going to have a way better time, you know, working Mm -hmm. with someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to get the product that they want and they're going to get the result they want. Um, 
tell us how maybe you've experienced something similar. Yeah. Again, I think I've, I've thought that a few times, like, you know, like you're saying some of these designers or studios will put out these super sleek, like minimal, like, Ooh, I could see that on like a New York, I don't know, wall street stuff. Mm -hmm. That's like Mm -hmm. very smart and very well done. I'm like, I want to be able to get that to people. And with practice, with time, with research, you can, like you're a designer, you can do whatever you want. But there's this, it's a struggle because I do illustration and design. So illustration, it's kind of, you have your style, you do your thing. That's what people hire you for. But design, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of, you should be a, a jack of all trades in a sense, but you still have a style. So it's a balance of those. Um, and it's, it's like, you can't, you can't fight certain things. Like I Mm -hmm. don't do minimal. I don't do Mm -hmm. super sleek geometric. Um, I can, but it's not, it's probably not going to be that great. Um, it just, it feels when you get into styles that aren't yours, it feels like wearing an outfit that you're not comfortable in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, this is too tight or it's cutting into me over here. And like, yeah, maybe it, maybe it looks okay from the outside, but I don't really feel like I'm at my best and I'd much rather be working when I'm at my best. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You'll feel comfortable and it'll it'll come to you so much easier. And yeah, there's there's no sense being miserable doing the work. Totally. Because um, your client what are know. What are some of the favorite projects you've worked on? Ooh, um, I guess probably right off the bat, the book that I made. Um, it's a kid's book and I've always wanted to make a kid's book and I love kid's books. I collect them. I am inspired by them. I It was a project from my senior thesis in school that I was super proud of. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. I want to maybe make it into a book one day and like submit it to a museum and see what happens. And it's so much work. So it, it was a few years um, before I went back and revisited it. Um, but yeah, it's, it was illustration. It was design. It turned into be a crap ton more marketing than I thought it was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. So it definitely helped me to kind of see how that whole world works. Um, And again, that was a lot of Googling, like how to get a book published, like how much Mm -hmm. does it cost? I mean, there were so many things that I had no idea what, I mean, they don't teach you that in school. (laughs) No. And it changes so rapidly, right? Because now you can self-publish something, you can sell it, drop shipping, you can do print on demand kind of work. I mean, even I was talking about this with my sister, she's a wedding planner Mm -hmm. and she's kind of evolving part of her offering to, we're trying to figure out how she can fit some like not chuggy, overly cutesy bridal merchandise under Mm -hmm. the umbrella of her like wedding planning company. And it felt a little bit like a weird step. So we basically created another sister brand for her Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she's going to kind of sell it (laughs) under that where the people who are her clientele, her main clientele for weddings aren't maybe the ones that are buying the stuff and the people that are buying the stuff maybe aren't even in her region for her to do their wedding. So I think that having kind of both, and I've done that as well. Like I've got obviously like my brand design, social media services, but Mm -hmm. then there's a whole audience of people that like to learn and they're listening to the podcast and they're in the Facebook group and they're on my TikTok and they're taking the portfolio challenges and stuff. Do you feel like, well, obviously you have the two businesses. So you have the two segmented audiences. Do you ever catch yourself leaning more towards one than the other? And do you have to bring yourself back to like the pendulum back to the middle? Yeah. it. I think it's very hard, especially because I mean, 
so many people can relate. You can relate. Like it's, it's one person primarily doing both. And I, I love cards and stationery and paper and stickers. So like, I've always find myself leaning more towards that and, and putting more time into product development and, you know, taking photos for social media and that I have to be like, okay, like what's, you know, what sells better? Like, what do you get a better profit off of? You know, what, Mm-hmm. You have actual client work that you have to finish instead of mm-hmm. working on, on this. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a very hard balance. It yeah. is. And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I have this, and I don't know where this fear is coming from necessarily. I don't want to be perceived as like an education brand either. I think there's so many really, really worthy design educators out there and social media educators out there that can teach this new generation. But my biggest fear is like, I'm going to tell someone, oh yeah, you could just do this, this, and this. And by the time that they get that information, it's already outdated Mm. because that's how fast it feels like things move. Yeah. But I love that you've got the stationery and the cards and the the physical products. Like I, I'm envious of that because like that's something that will always remain, right? There will always be a need for this like tactile experience of giving over, giving a card or having that, you know, the stickers on things. Um, I really admire you for that. So that's all I wanted to say on that Thank one. Thank you. Thanks. Of course. <laughs> um, we always ask this question towards the end of the podcast and we're kind of winding down to the end. Um my tagline is that MKW Creative Co. builds bragworthy brands because I love yeah. that saying, bragworthy. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think makes your brand particularly bragworthy? I I'm trying to think of what the actual like phrase is that I came up with. I was working with my business coach a while ago, um, and I think it was something along the lines of we build what is it offbeat something about like quirky and offbeat brands for you know passionate businesses. Because I love that. I love it. And I, I'm not trying, I've given up on trying to be, you know, a certain style or whatever. It's just, it's offbeat. It's not, it's not yeah. um, what you expect. So, but there's also so much power in that. There's so much power in leaning into the like quirky or, or you have like a little bit of a sarcastic tone to your brand as well, <laughs> which I love, like, especially in your TikToks, mm. you take these audios and you put such a like, <laughs> I can think of so clearly of like this, where the angle, the camera angle of like your, your phone to you, to your computer with the coffee cup. Like it's so cemented in my (laughs) mind, but it's exactly what you just described. It's like a little bit offbeat, a little bit quirky, but I think your facial expressions sell so much of what you're feeling. Like I think it's really, really drew me in. And I think it probably a lot of people feel that way. So if people aren't following you yet, where can they find you on all of the platforms so that they can see what I'm talking about? Because although this is an audio <laughs> platform, you have to watch your videos. It's so funny. I literally never thought I would be on that app, but it, it cracks me up every day. It's no, on crushing it. TikTok. I think it's Hello Doodle. Um, there mm-hmm. might be like underscores in it, but it should come up. Hello Doodle. Mm-hmm. Instagram's the same. Um, and then I also have my branding and design um, at AA Whisper Design. Perfect. Um, Perfect. Okay. One final question before you go. What's one thing that you think you do particularly well? And what's one thing you'd like to be better at? I think I'm good at keeping myself busy. (laughs) Um, But I would really like to manage my time and take more of a, you know, creative breaks. I feel you. I feel you. I just came off a whole weekend 
of doing full administrative work for my business, like rewriting handbooks and adjusting Mm. job descriptions and rejiggering everybody because basically we're not offering Instagram management anymore starting May Mm -hmm. 1. So I had to take this super talented team and now find new roles for them. Mm. And it was so much work and it was so (laughs) all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And I was... I said, that's it. I'm playing hooky this week. So I'm giving myself two hooky days. So if you work over the weekend, you have to give yourself a hooky day during the week. That's true. I I think that's the strategy. I like that Right? Because it has to come out somewhere else. Otherwise, you just get stuck. Yeah, that's not not a good place. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when you take your hooky day, tag me. (laughs) I will. (laughs) I'll share it. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for coming on, Elisa. It was so great chatting with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Catch you later, guys. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.